Listen again to us, our strange duet. Our power over you grows stronger yet. And though you turn you away, turn away to another show, the podcast of the opera is there, is there. inside your mind. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Kids and the Dog, the Scooby-Doo Movie Review and Recap Podcast. I am your Hanna-Barbera talking animal, Cassidy, and my pronouns are she and they. <laughs> I wish you had prepared me because I wanted to sing along. I couldn't oh, yeah, remember no, I, any I wrote, of the I, proper I, I lyrics. changed the lyrics. No, no, I could tell. I was just like, wait, <laughs> shoot! I listened to this. Uh, I listened to the soundtrack of Phantom of the Opera obsessively when I was a teenager, mm-hmm. and I don't remember anything anymore. <laughs> Oh, I definitely oh, get gosh. some of the songs stuck in my head, and I do have to just, you know, put them on. Sing them. Yeah. Oh, that was so funny. Good Thank job. You. <laughs> you got me there. Oh. It's good. It's oh, good and, and I'm I'm Lava. They, them. Yeah, this is a show uh, about dogs, <laughs> but only the one of them most of the time. Huh. <laughs> oh, you know what I need to open? I need to open Twitter. Twitter.com. Yes, I have the questions as well. Um, yeah, so this is, we talk about Scooby-Doo here. Um, yeah, but, oh, I should, I'll, yeah, I'll do a quick Google. Um, no see if there's any news. The only news I know for a fact is that as of December 1st, none of the Boomerang stuff is on Verve anymore, which makes it very hard to do this podcast for me. Mm-mm. But I am no longer subscribed to Verve because at this point I am paying $10 for a $7 product. Ay ay ay. Um, so I'm just not going to. Um, another... Something about the monolith. You know, the monolith. Oh, the one in Utah and Romania? Uh, yeah, this one is the one... Okay... Another monolith has appeared outside of Joshua Tree National Park. Where's the Scooby-Doo gang when you need them? Question mark. Oh, that's concerning. Uh, that's a bad place for that kind of thing to appear, because how many people are going to just appear there and destroy things in a national park? Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't know if this was true, but apparently that's what happened in Utah, where people took it down because it would become like a meeting point of people who didn't care about the environment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm not surprised that um, there's been a third one though, because there's going to be more, and it's all copycats because it's now a thing. Oh, apparently Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. adopted a couple of dogs. Aw. They're cute. Um, oh, uh, there's the Animaniacs reboot that happened. Um, I, yeah. I'm bringing this up, actually, because there is a, uh, there's a bit in one of like the earlier episodes. Oh? Uh, where Dot does, like, a... Okay, 
like it's like a retrospective on um the fight for women's rights to vote um and then follows it up with like okay now cartoons should be able to vote and there's like a bunch of Hanna-Barbera properties that show up (laughs) but specifically not (laughs) Scooby-Doo oh Uh, I wonder why like Speed Buggy and the gang show up and Yogi Bear and Snagglepuss um but no but no Scooby-Doo Oh, that's curious. It's not like there'd be like a copyright thing with that. Yeah, it's it's strange. Or if there Maybe. would be a copyright thing, it's a thing that's already shown that isn't a problem with the other ones. Right? Well, aren't they all WB? Yeah, like a WB yeah. is like part of the Time Warner stuff. Yeah, that's very strange. It's wild. Yeah. Um, Scooby-Doo yeah. and the gang cannot vote. Scooby-Doo can vote. We've gone over this. Yeah, Scooby is people. Scooby's people. Okay. Um. So now that we've gotten uh, the news question mark out of the way, uh, we do have some listener questions over at twitter.com. Send them to us at kids and their dog on Twitter. These first batch of questions come to us from Charlie. Display name Charlie. Some emojis. Jolly vampire boyfriend. Snowman emoji. At Magical underscore Pride. Uh, first one. Did you ever perform in a talent show? Not that I recall. I have. When I was in second grade. Oh. I did. <laughs> Impressions. Oh no. Mm-hmm. That's adorable, though. Yeah, I... Like, I don't... I think the only one I could maybe still do these days reliably is a Stitch voice, but I'm not going to do it now because I just said I could do it reliably, which means I wouldn't be able to do it if I tried. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I There were like those like elementary school pageant things where we had to perform. I guess that's the closest for me. Mm. Uh the only other thing I can think of, it's it's not a talent show, but I came very close to auditioning for the play at my high school. I didn't actually audition because I psyched myself out. Mm-hmm. To put it in perspective of what me on stage would be like. Uh, a Velma at the circus situation. Yes. Alright, question number two. Do you think any of the gang could make it in theater or acting? Yeah. Uh, um, like, I, it depends on what you mean by make it. I don't think they would end up making it big. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, local theater, probably pretty decent. Yeah, Yeah, if it was, especially if it was, like, part of a case. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do it a lot in regards to, like, setting themselves up for traps uh various uh, things like that scooby and shaggy are would be great at it um because of all of yeah. the times that they turn it around on the monster exactly which we haven't Act really seen waiters. many of in movies recently on this show i was almost expecting it in this one yeah there was, there was a, a chase moment sequence? where like yeah there was a moment where there... like they turn around and it's about to set up for it and then it just doesn't yeah well i was thinking uh, probably might be the same moment where they are being chased and they're running away and they keep running into different costumes 
Mm. Like, they keep being changed into different costumes, and I was fully expecting that kind of scene to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it's in that chase scene or the one before it, but there's a one, like, where there's a chase scene and music is playing, Mm -hmm. and they run into a room, and before the camera cuts, the music stops. Uh, And then the monster opens the door, and I could have sworn they were going to be doing that thing on the other side, but they just don't. It's just more chase scene, but with out the music this time right weird uh so what's speaking of monsters <laughs> what's the scariest part of acting uh, i don't I mean, even I don't... know who i am i can't figure out who anyone else is to act like they are i think it's the lead up i think it's very easy to psych yourself out yeah all right it's uh, just that... like what how does it work how does it work it's a mystery. Neither of us are actors. Yeah. I I don't think. Yeah. All right. Um. Final question from Charlie. Nope, that was the last question from Charlie. Um. Next batch of questions. We have some here from Janine at Janine Juliet. Current display name: Christmas tree Santa emoji. Toy day Janine. Uh, television Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an old-fashioned television. Yeah, it's just like, because I have my Twitter on dark mode, the the border of the TV just sort of blends in with the background. Yeah, it's like a, browser. I, I want to say it's like a 80s dial television monitor yeah, thing. I, I could see that, I don't, for sure. I don't really know. It's got that brown border look to me. Ah, see, for mine, it's just like, here's like a dark blue TV with bunny ears. Oh, okay, yeah, we, we're going to have different... Um, emoji looks then mm-hmm. all right first question I, I th- um, yeah <laughs> i think we can is, totally say it's a tv monitor at least it is a television yes yeah Whoop. okay hi uh this is cassidy from the future of this recording um so you're about to hear a question in which i royally mess up so hard um <laughs> you'll understand how i messed up in a second uh, but I'll just go ahead and say we get a question about Shakespeare plays. Um, and I mis- one, I mistake Hamlet for the Scottish play. Uh, and two, I say the Danish play instead of the Scottish play, which is very much incorrect. <laughs> but I'm leaving it all in because it would be way too hard to just fix without deleting the entire question. Um, so here's just to me explaining what's about to happen. <laughs> Bye! Uh, so what are your personal <laughs> thoughts about theater superstition, like never saying a Hamlet or good luck? Actually, hold on. Before you answer, I'm going to go back and I'm going to cut that and I'm going to reread this, uh, reread this question. Okay. What are your personal thoughts about theater superstition, like never saying the Danish play or good luck? <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I, I, it could be a comfort thing, especially since like what we were talking about before about psyching yourself out. Mm-hmm. But I don't really know since I've never really experienced any of those kind of superstitions in real time. I think. Uh, superstitions can be fun as long as you don't take them too seriously. Yeah. 
I was like, yeah. I, I like the, the Danish play one, which is why I did a retake of that question where I said the Danish play instead of the name of the Danish play. Gotcha. Um, this next one is a question that we pretty much already answered, but mm-hmm. um, who from Mystery Incorporated was a theater kid and who should have been? Because I feel like the overlap of uh, theater kids and drama kids is a is a circle. Is yeah, that correct. I I would say so. Like ninety eight percent of a circle. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember what we answered. Was it Daphne? Uh, we said Daphne and probably Fred, but I think the others were busy with other stuff most of the time. Yeah, I think I said, um, like, technical part of theater for Velma and Shaggy. Mm-hmm. Like, lightings for, you know. Um, okay, last question from Janine is, is there anything in the rule book that says a dog can't be on stage? There is in this movie. Well, to be fair, that rule does not say anything about the dog being on stage. It says the dog can't be in the building. That's true. It's very true. Um, I think most stages are a dog-friendly zone. But I will say, if a dog went on stage and recited uh, Shakespeare, it'd be really impressive. It would be pretty impressive. I thought you were going to say if a dog went on stage and recited some uh, mediocre jokes about dogs, you'd be impressed. <laughs> no, I hesitated because I was going to say Hamlet. <laughs> ah. Mostly because okay. I was looking at the word at the time. <laughs> All right. Um, and let's see. We had a question in from Crest at Fantasy Crest on Twitter. What do you think is each of the gang's astrological signs, and which one pays the most attention to horoscopes? I don't know anything about astrological signs, but I could maybe look up to see what their birthdays are. The only one I can give any kind of maybes about would be Gemini, because I am a Gemini, but I don't know if any of them fit that. But also, again, I'm not also familiar with any of them. Aside from, you know, the obvious. I know, like, what most of them are. Um, but I don't know, like, any of the personality garbage other than uh, that cancers are emotional and cry a lot. Is the Is the stereotype that I've picked together from any of those things that I've seen. um i think i think daphne pays attention to horoscopes but in like a funny like not serious way Mm -hmm. like we'll like read them for fun would she read them to get at um vilma a little bit yeah i was gonna say i think she reads them for fun and then reads them out loud so vilma gets a little upset about it but in like a a joking haha way yeah that kind of poking fun at your friends kind of situation because i can see vilma being very irritated at the whole concept all right um so we got 
we're gonna skip uh the big batch of questions and get to the last uh, get to another person before we end on the big batch um <laughs> so we have some questions in here which are all sort of like an ex- extension of one question um from christina at sea woods art current display name Chris- christina woods at black lives matter um, since we're in Christmas season now, has the gang ever saved Santa Claus? What would that look like? What would he bring them for presents? I feel like they must have saved Santa at some point. Yeah. 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 Oh, it would definitely be a situation where maybe an impersonator. Mm-hmm. Or so, maybe there's like, like a, a Krampus situation or a Sinterklaas. Yes. Where I, okay, this happens like all the time in, in Santa movies where Santa is just this guy who's in the movie and then at the end is revealed to be Santa Claus. Mm, mm -hmm. I feel like that happens a lot, but I don't watch enough Santa movies to know for sure anymore, but I feel like that would be a key thing that would happen at the end where... Um, Velma would be like, there's still a few things I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly, uh, magic is real. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... Hold on. There there are, like, multiple appearances of... Of, um, Santa Claus in... Okay, yes, here we are. Here is a, uh, a list of them. We have an appearance in the Caped Crusader Caper as a balloon float in the new Scooby-Doo movies. <laughs> uh, there is an episode called Alaskan, Ki- Alaskan Kink Coward in Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, parentheses, second series. And let me get a clear... Okay. Uh, there is a direct... To... There's a direct DVD short film um released called scooby-doo haunted holidays Hmm. um that one was released in 2012 uh and that one apparently has santa claus in it so even outside of us speculating it it has happened Mm -hmm. supporting characters santa claus actor single appearance Havros Menkel, single appearance. Cleet, single appearance. Santa Claus, first full appearance. Yeah, okay. I think there would be a fun uh, Pup Named Scooby-Doo episode about it. Oh yeah, that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I think uh, maybe... Uh, maybe Fred is one of those... Oh, I don't believe in Santa Claus. And then mm-hmm. traps him. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to go back and hit those. Because um, I think that one in the spooky games. Or the short film ones. Mm-hmm. I marked them off originally because it seemed like they were uh, like episodes or something. But mm-hmm. who knows. We'll see where we're at when we get through the rest of them. Yeah. Um, what would what would he bring them for presents? Um, I think uh, there's a box of Scooby Snacks or two in there. Mm-hmm. I, think. I feel like something 
trap related. I think he gets like uh, a fancy new like steel wired net or something, like re- yeah. a reinforced net or some rope that is reinforced. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, I'm trying to think like what's like the funny joke one for Velma, you know, because like depending on when this happened in the timeline, it would be like something between a Palm Pilot. Or like a compute, like an individualized computer part that's really fancy. Like got a really ex- super long name as mm-hmm. part of a joke, right? I don't know, but yeah, I think Scooby or not Scooby, uh, Shaggy would get like an engraved cutting board. <laughs> And Daphne would get the like a new version of the exact same scarf she already wears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, time for the big batch of questions. Yep. These this big batch of questions comes in from Tanner. From Tanner, current display name Snowflake Tanner, comma. Actually, heart emoji, they, them, snowflake emoji, at Sparky Upstart. If there was a Scooby-Doo stage musical, would the plot be original, based on an existing one, or kind of a mishmash, like Susical? Um, Isn't... I would assume it would be original. So the stage thing that we know was supposed to happen this year... I don't think it was a musical. I think it was just a stage play. Gotcha. What was it? The Temple of Gold or what was it? The City of Gold? I think so. That sounds right. The Lost City of Gold. Alright, due to the uncertainty of gatherings for events, we've decided to postpone dates to 2021. Good. Um, so currently their plans are uh, Lancaster on April 2nd, 2021. And I'm assuming this is Laval, Quebec. I don't know what QC is an abbreviation for other than Quebec. Um, on October 17th, 2021. I'll have to... I wonder if I could find a... Oh, okay. We have answer for what the Scooby-Doo looks like on stage. What if I told oh. you it was a very realistic uh, mascot costume? Oh. But not in like a creepy way. It's kind of okay. a Okay. Okay. It looks like a river otter. Yeah. <laughs> like a really big river otter. Yeah, those eyes are a little unfortunate. Yeah. This Shaggy is questionable in that screenshot. Yeah. I want to say that uh, yeah. otherwise they got like the, the Fred is also maybe he needs a better costume design. Um, what the heck is that? Uh, well, it's Fred That's in like a, a very s- tight button up and a bow tie that is orange uh. and like a blue sweater wrapped around his shoulders like he's about to go uh, boating or playing very polo. loose. Mm-hmm. Very loose sweater wrapped around. Uh, and he's wearing tied boat around his shoes. Neck. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not a good Fred look. Why is he wearing a bow tie? I don't know why he's wearing a bow tie. That's so bad. Daphne is wearing her little scarf. Oh, oh, that does not look good. That's not a thing uh -oh. that I want to see. Sorry, this has turned uh -oh. into, um, we're talk not talking about this question anymore and talking about the, the Scooby-Doo stage show because now we have pictures. Um, right? Hmm. That seems questionable to have done that. Yeah. Um, there's a, oh, here's boy. one where Velma is dressed like Dora the Explorer. <laughs> it's that haircut, I guess. Wow. She's got like a weird tech thing on her arm, which I'm interested yeah. in. I, I'll see if I can find us a, a video recording of this somewhere. It probably exists. Sometime. Maybe we can do a bonus special on it. Yeah. It's it's okay. really too bad that we couldn't, you know, go see it. Yeah, I mean, I totally missed when it was happening, and I don't know if it was happening near me. You know? Right. Or, no, it was supposed to happen near me, but it was supposed to happen in June, I yeah. think is what it was. I don't think it actually happened. Probably not, no. Yeah, I can't imagine it would have. Um, so... The next question. Anyway. Uh, I think we answered that question somehow. <laughs> what so would some I'm... of the songs be called? Uh, listen, Tanner, I'm not I'm not some sort of playwright, okay? Yeah. What well, okay, let's let's broaden it a bit. What would the themes of the songs be? There would definitely be a, a song about food. Mm-hmm. It'd probably be like um uh, maybe it would be like one of those songs where you do a lot of listing of things. You know yeah. the songs. Yeah. Um, and it's about just making a very tall sandwich. Yes. Um, I can't think of any others. Um, I mean, like depending on what the monster... There's probably one about like... Um... Trapping the monster. Oh, there'd be a whole sequence of coming up with ideas. Oh yeah, Fred just going on like an extra extravagant like, okay, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an even crazier like just listing off like <laughs> and it would wild just be names a net. for traps. It would just be a net. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, that, that's what they really would funny. end up doing, yeah. It's just a yeah. net. It's very anticlimactic but really funny kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Would the stage directions include a knee slide? Almost definitely. Every every musical I've ever seen has had a knee slide. Every play I've ever seen has had a knee slide. I'll let you fill in the rest, I guess, at home. <laughs> as to whether or not I'm telling the truth. But please keep in mind that like half of all of the things that half of all of the musicals I've seen in person have been Escape to Margaritaville. <laughs> Uh, what is each member of Mystery Incorporated's favorite musical? Uh, I don't know musicals. I don't know from musicals. Um. Okay, let me see if I can pull something out of my hat. Uh, the one I know like deeply is Wicked. I'm trying to think. I think um, Daphne would enjoy Wicked. Um, let me see. Would Daphne enjoy Wicked or Into the Woods? Into the Woods is a musical, right? Into the Woods is a musical, and it's a very good one. Mm. Um, it's fun. But I haven't finished it, so I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I think Fred would like escape to Margaritaville. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just a jukebox musical that's a rom-com also. Yeah. Uh, there was Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde was fun. Mm. What else have I seen? It's been so long since I've gone to see anything. Uh, Lion King is fantastic. And should have been the live-action movie. God damn it. Um. Oh, what's the other one? Hairspray. Hairspray is fun. Sorry, I'm just listing musicals that I've personally seen. This is all good. But I don't know how to fit the personalities. I've at least heard of some of them. Yeah. Grease, I don't know. Grease is, Grease is a musical? I think Grease is a musical. Isn't it? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen any of that. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby would like the the Music Meister episode of The Flash. <laughs> yes. That's all I got. <laughs> um, what is each member of Mystery Incorporated's favorite Christmas snack? Um. Cookies? Yeah, like, I'm trying to think of what Christmas snacks are. Hi? What kind uh, 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 of uh, uh, what kind of pie is a Christmas pie as opposed to like a an autumnal pie? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I'm just trying to think. Um, I will say Christmas snack. That makes me think of um, like little Debbie's themed Christmas, oh, Christmas cakes. Tree cakes. Yeah, yeah, the, the that thing. Cakes. That's my immediate thought there. Um, I think all of the gang could scrum me down just fine on some gingerbread. Mm. Like after after you say gingerbread, really all I can think of from there is like peppermint. Oh, peppermint bark. Oh yeah, peppermint bark. I guess that's not Scooby Doo's favorite, probably. Although Scooby has been shown to eat chocolate. Yeah. So who could say? Peppermint bark. Is mostly white chocolate, and I don't know how much oh, of a difference oh, oh, oh. that makes. The uh, the white fudge coated Oreos that only come out around the winter time—that's a oh. Christmas snack, I think. Yeah, right? that's Christmas. I think so. Sure, let's go with that. Uh, we've listed some snacks. You can decide who they all belong to. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a pretty much like they all sort of enjoy enjoy them. Um, this is a, this next question I have already answered for Tanner off the air, but I am going to repeat it here. Um, why hasn't someone tried Scooby-Doo the Next Generation, Scooby-Doo 2099, or Scooby-Doo Beyond yet? Um, like, it's not the same energy or vibe or, mm-hmm. like, style of any of these, but I feel like Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, the comic book series, where it's, like, edgy and Scrappy-Doo is, like, a... Got, like, a humanoid body and is tall and buff <laughs> and wants to kill Scooby-Doo. It's, like, kind of in that range of, like, this is Scooby-Doo, but, like, futuristic and different. Mm-hmm. It is not I... Scooby-Doo in a wingsuit, though. I will say, in regards to, like, maybe... 
the like creative team perspective, there wouldn't be really any need to because the Scooby Gang is pretty timeless at this point, and they don't mm-hmm. need to like refresh anything. So they can just reuse the same characters over and over again in different situations. Yeah, you can slap the Scooby Gang in basically any like point in time mm-hmm. or like, setting, and they're pretty much allowed to exist there. Right. Um, I do. I'm trying. I just realized what like another through line of these titles that Tanner has posted here for us, and that is uh, that. In each of those, the main character is, like, not the protagonist of the original version. Yeah. So this would be a Scooby-Doo series with characters that aren't the Scooby-Doo gang. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Which would be interesting, because then you'd have to have, like, a Scooby-2 or a Scooby-Junior or something in order for it to still be called Scooby-Doo. Because, yeah. like, if you look at Spider-Man 2099 or Batman Beyond, those are titles that can get passed down. Scooby-Doo is the person's name. Yeah. It would be really weird, though, trying to... Like, what if there were a a storyline with the gang being older? That'd be so weird. It would be... like So, they do get into stuff similar to this in um, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated. Oh? Um, because in Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the, uh, the tradition of a group of kids and, like, a talking animal companion Mm -hmm. that solve mysteries is, like, a generational thing. Oh. Um, like, there's a different one for each, like, time period, um, including the, uh, the group right before Mystery Incorporated, which was also called Mystery Incorporated, and two of the members were Fred's mom and dad. Oh. Interesting. Um, Fred Jr., maybe? Uh, no, I think his dad's name is Brad. Oh, okay. That'd be really funny, though. Yeah. Uh, but, like, also they turn evil under the command okay. of Professor Pericles, who was their uh, talking animal companion, who was oh. getting possessed by the the alien <laughs> force. I, I've explained this on Not If I Reboot You First. <laughs> cartoons so much i love cartoons is so much it's so funny oh that was great what a great sentence yeah if you want to hear more explanations of how (laughs) buckwild scooby-doo can be just go listen to our first crossover episode with uh not if i reboot you first over in their feed i could probably actually tell you the exact uh exact episode let me just pull up uh my website I got a podcast, go down to Nerif. Uh, episode 43. Kids and their dog will make you like Scrappy Doo. <laughs> uh, their final question is to be or not to be? That is the question? Um, I don't think it's the question. I don't think it comes up in this one. <laughs> Okay, that's all of the questions. We've answered them. <laughs> um, so, uh, in case... Okay, so this month we watched Scooby-Doo Stage Fright, which I feel like has been apparent 
based on the the subject matter of the questions and our intro. I will say up front that like if you notice that some of the stuff that happens in this movie is similar to Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> it's intentional, probably. <laughs> Oh, man, the fifth line in my notes is just like, oh, they're not trying to be subtle. Honestly, I wish they had gone all the way. I wish it was literally just the Phantom of the Opera, but Scooby-Doo and the gang are there. Yeah, it was it was like, it's very close, like super close, but it's more of a parody after Mm -hmm. a certain. Well, it is a parody, basically. Is um, it a parody or is it a pastiche? What's the difference? Oh, no. I don't know what pastiche means off the top of my head. Ah, okay. An artistic work in a style that imitates that of another work. I would say this is more of a pastiche than a, yeah, okay. than a parody. Yeah. I would like, s- it's not making fun of it. It's just like using a lot of the same story beats and themes. Yes, that's a good point. Although, so, after I said, what if this was just Phantom of the Opera, but Scooby-Doo and the gang are there? I'm like, okay, but what if Muppets Phantom of the Opera? Yes. Oh, man, that'd be so much fun. Mm-hmm. That's just food for thought for the yeah. folks at home. All oh, right, um, no. So this movie was released on August 20th, 2013, and directed by Victor Cook, produced by Victor Cook and Alan Barnett. Written by Doug Langdale and Candy Langdale. And I just remembered something that I'm going to stop in the middle of my uh, rundown of who worked on this to say. Apparently, uh, HBO Max has like a bunch of deleted scene stuff from Scoob. It's like a 20 minute video. Really? Like, yeah, here's all of the uh, the deleted scenes. Or like a quick four word. Um about like okay so this next scene is a scene that we had on there it's like the very end but we had to cut it for time uh it sets up how dick dastardly got a hold of the first skull and stuff like that um and i recognize that it was tony servone who does a lot of these scooby-doo directed dvd movies oh hey (laughs) i was like oh hey i know that name nice i can't say i i think his work is consistently good but I know his name. Um, anyway, so voice acting talents of Frank Welker as Scooby-Doo and Fred Jones. Matthew Lillard as Shaggy Rogers. Great Lyle Griffin as Daphne Blake and Amy. Mindy Cohn as Velma Dinkley. Isabella Akers as Emma Gale. Troy Baker as Phantom and Lance Damon. Eric Bauza as KT. Jeff Bennett as Mike Gale and Mel Richmond. Wayne Brady as Brick Pimiento, and until, like, right until near oh the very my... end of the movie, I thought his name was Brick Pimento, and I thought that was a much better name. I had no idea that was Wayne Brady. Oh, yeah, it's extremely Wayne Brady. Like, the character, in my notes, up until, like, till the halfway point, I just call him Wayne Brady in my notes. Because <laughs> <laughs> he just also just looks like Wayne Brady. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Vivica A. Fox as uh, Lotta Lavoie, Kate Higgins as Meg Gale and Kathy, Peter Mac- Peter McNichol as Dewey Ottoman, Candy Milo as Barb Damon, 
John O'Hurley as the great Paul Dini, Christina Pacelli as Colette, Kevin Michael Richardson as Security Guard 1 and Hotel Clerk, Paul Rugg as Steve Trilby, Tara, Tara Sands as Nancy, Tara Strong as Donna in the News Anchor, Travis Willingham as Waldo. Hey, who the fuck is Waldo? Oh, uh, Ventriloquist. Okay. That was like right. the only name throughout the entire movie that I had latched onto, and I don't know why. I forgot this time because it's just, it's so out of place. <laughs> um, Ariel Winter as Chrissy Damon, and Keith Ferguson as security guard number two. Um, so I said a lot of names here. I'm not going to say most of them again, because guess yeah. what? They don't get said in the movie ever. A lot of them kind of disappear very quickly. They get like one mm-hmm. scene and then they're gone. Like, I don't know which one of these names is supposed to be uh, Dewey's assistant. Because I don't think her name ever gets said out loud ever. Oh, you know what? You're right. And technically, I don't think they say uh, Chrissy's mom's name out loud either. No, they don't. Uh, the only reason like... I caught on is the last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and KT gets said once, but by that point, I had just been calling him Cam in my notes because Who's... he operates the cameras and reminds oh. me of Cam from power rangers ninja storm that's who that was i saw that in the credits and i was like who the heck is that yeah it's the guy in the security office with the cameras usually they don't give that character name yeah they gave like almost everybody here names and never say any of them yeah wild um so we open up with people setting up a stage and we see Dewey being upset about how dirty everything is. Yeah. Very nervous uh, uh, assistant director. Yeah. And uh, we see in the shadows uh, <laughs> of the backstage a figure move. And then part of the set collapses. And the figure stands triumphantly on some rigging, laughing as organ music plays. And he swoops down and takes uh, Dewey's clipboard and disappears into the ni- night. And he is the Phantom. Yeah. Um. He uh it, he looks like that one guy from Homestuck. Oh my God, he does. Oh my That's God, why did think. you That's do that to I me? Why? No. God damn it, he does. Except he has hair, ish. Yeah, it's like, Ugh. he's like a handful of strands. Yeah. Um. God dang it. Uh, anyway, so the gang is on the way to Chicago. Uh, and Shaggy is driving while Velma's like, oh yeah, here's some Chicago facts. Including one. Did, should I bring it up now or should I wait until I realized it was important? I mean, Maybe? She brings up, okay, so we don't have to get specific, but we can mention it. She brings up a fun fact about Chicago that neither of us cottoned on to is actually important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, she's like rattling stuff off. It's like, oh, yeah, so there's like all these museums and like there's this historical stuff. And like one of these museums has like a thing in it that I would like to go look at. You know, traditional, like this is stuff Velma says when they go to a new place. 
Um, and then they they see a billboard for the talent star. And apparently Fred and Daphne are finalists on this show. It's like a America's Got Talent thing. Yeah. Um, and they're hanging out in the back of the van this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fred has a guitar. And he, he plays a song. He plays very nicely. Mm-hmm. And Daphne gets awkward about liking him. I mean, it. I mean the song. Yeah. This particular movie has the will-they-won't-they they plot. Mm, I don't know if it's a will-they-won't-they they plot. I think it's a, wow, Daphne's got it bad plot. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, I a will-they-won't-they they thing is, like a, is very... This is a lot less subtle about it than that. That's true. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby say they plan on auditioning the day of the finals with their juggling <laughs> act. Uh, and Velma says some more facts, and we learned that the opera house that they'll be filming in is almost 100 years old. Closed since the 70s, and there are rumors that it's haunted. And then Scooby takes over driving, and then we get into the intro title sequence, and it's cute enough, I guess. Okay, I will say, um, it's my favorite opening sequence I've ever seen. Oh, I don't know if I like it more than the Camp Scare one. The Camp Scare one is really cute. But man, I love this art style that they used here. I don't know about mm, the song. The song is okay. But the actual yeah. art style, I'm in love with. It feels very early cartoons kind of thing. Like if they had you decided... Okay. I, to... Since we're talking about it right now, I'm going to go ahead and tweet it. Okay. Take a screenshot. Uh, the only problem with the screenshot I took is that it does not have Fred's entire face in it. Oh, okay. The top of Fred's head is cut off. Um, but I'm tweeting this image um, because I like Velma's face in it a lot. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I just love this art style. It's so cool looking. Mm-hmm. It's got that print screen kind of look to it. It's very, like, pop art, you know? Yeah. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ed Emberly big green drawing books, or big orange drawing books, or whatever they were. Like, there's a different color versions of it that had different stuff in them. It's one of the few. Th- it's one of the things that started me with drawing, actually. Oh, interesting. It's I'll a lot like... of like. Here's a basic shape and how to cut into it to make it look like a thing. Oh, neat. That's really cool. Uh, anyway. Yes. Okay. Um, so yeah, there's the intro. The intro happens. Yes. Uh, so they get to the place and they're trying to go in, but Shaggy and Scooby get stopped at the door because no dogs. Yep. No dogs allowed. Uh, except for seeing eye dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shaggy and Scooby and the gang are like, all right, I'll meet up with you in a little bit. Wink. Yeah. And then Fred, Velma, and Daphne go to check in with Dewey, the assistant director. Who keeps waking up, because he did faint when the Phantom showed up earlier. He wakes up, says, the Phantom, and then passes back out. The assistant of Dewey uses smelling salts multiple times every time he wakes up and passes back out again. And Velma tries to warn that overuse of smelling salts could damage, um, I, I think it was nerves in the nose. I don't remember. Yeah, the nasal passage that way. Away or something like that. Um, and then the assistant just does it again. It was really funny. Uh, first she asks, wait, his or mine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Priorities. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, so we, there's a character here who I just now I remember because he's in my notes. Um, and I could have I would have put money on him showing back up again. Oh my god! Yeah. There's this shifty guy who walks up and is like, "Yeah, I found the clipboard that the Phantom took over there in the dark." Puts it on on the the assistant director's like chest because he's still passed out, and then like it closes in on his face as he like shiftily shifty looks eyes. around. Yeah, I'm like, and then he walks away because he quit. He disappears. And, like, <laughs> and you never see this man again. He never shows up again. And I also thought to myself, oh, hey, I wonder what he's going to do. No, he's gone. Yeah, I'm like, this guy's going to show up again and is at least going to be a red herring. That's hysterical. It makes it feel like how, like, it was just a, a, originally he was going to show up, but then they introduced, like, 15 million other characters. Yeah, okay, here's another thing I would compare it to. Uh, so you know that bit in Over the Garden Wall where the highwayman's there and like, <laughs> uh, where it starts talking and the guy, highwayman just goes like, I'm the, the highwayman, highway and interrupts yes. him? What if that bit ended there and the highwayman did not interrupt him again to start singing? <laughs> <laughs> what if that was the entire joke and that's what this guy's showing up for one second and being shifty is like... <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that kills me! Oh, that's perfect! Uh, but the clipboard says Christine must win. Yeah. And it looks like we got another mystery on our hands. Yeah. Okay. Thinking about it, I think this is the fourth reference to Fan of the Opera. Yeah? I think so. Because there was, you know, the whole laughter thing. The uh, part of the stage collapsing on stage setup collapsing. Um, his face is a skull, which mm-hmm. it's I don't half mask, but whatever. Right? No, I I think it's just um, I feel like that's something in the book where it's just a skull. I don't remember. It's I read it when I was like thirteen, so it's been a while. Um, but also the, the whole Mask of the Red Death kind of thing going for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, now there's Christine, which is a character in Fan of the Opera. So it's like, mm-hmm. I just kind of like made note of every time they referenced. Didn't you say there was a character that, oh, what was it? I noticed it when you were listing everything. Not Carlotta. Oh, no, that, that's another character who's going to show up. Yeah. Uh, her name is Lotta, and uh, it's it's a lot like Carlotta. But like, There's um, another one. Oh, okay. Uh, would it have been Colette? I think that was Colette, but I might be wrong. I think I got Colette. Like, my brain was like, oh, Meg, for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm. Anyway, sorry I got on a, off on a tangent. Where were we? Oh, that's fine. Um, we are at the point where Shaggy sneaks Scooby in with, because all of the orchestra's coming in with, like, different... I don't know why there's an orchestra coming in, to be honest with you. Yeah, they never um, show up again. Yeah, but they're, they're walking in with all of their instruments, and Shaggy's carrying a big old case for a bass. Um, and he gets stopped, and the guard's like, alright, let me just take a look inside here. 
and he opens it and there's just a base inside because mm-hmm. shoot scooby is actually just hanging out on the other side of the case hiding yeah yep um so then chrissy shows up parentheses christine um and in my notes i did write a child question mark because i couldn't tell if she oh. was supposed to be a child or not yeah i think she's a child like prodigy kind of thing yeah well based uh, off of her parents Mm-hmm. she's accompanied very... by two very rude demanding adults whom i hate yeah it's it's painful to watch them Mm-hmm. because uh, it's like meet... oh god i know these people i've seen them before in my life oh yeah it's you like your, every retailist's worst nightmare yeah especially later there's a scene later mm-hmm. which is so painful um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but we also meet another child entrant, Emma, who's a violinist. Uh, Fred and yes. Daphne are at least on good terms with this one. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, another weird thing about this show is that apparently it has a backstage drama cameras. So yeah, that, that never they, shows it's up like again. A, like a, well, technically it does because they use the phantom stuff for uh, publicity. As stuff yeah. that people would have seen because they have act, they get to see the cameras. It's like a Big Brother thing, right? It's like what if America Got Talent was also Big Brother, which sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Wayne Brady shows up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's he's the host, and he fast talks to calm everybody down that there's no ghost here. Nope, nothing went wrong. Fantastic. <laughs> He says fantastic uh, then, a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, he, that yeah, that's his thing. Is that uh, he'll say fantastic about once or twice every sentence. Yeah. Um, do I didn't notice until the end the because he never says fantastic. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dewey smells Scooby in the distance and wakes up from being knocked out because he just hates how dogs are big smell sacks of germs. Yeah. Um, so Shaggy and Scooby approach Wayne Brady in the backstage area to audition, and Wayne Brady says that I have two, that he has two deeply held beliefs: one, all talent deserves to be seen; or sorry, all talent deserves to be seen; and two, juggling stinks. So Shaggy and Scooby immediately scrap their juggling plan and do a mediocre dance routine that makes Wayne do a sort of sweaty, awkward walk away. Yeah, and he disappears. And then there's a loud scream and an organ hit, and so Shaggy and Scooby take off running. And Fred, Velma, Daphne, and Wayne all end up in the security room with a bunch of camera monitors, and the Phantom laughs creepily. So we see him corner Chrissy, but then show up on a bunch of different cameras one after the other. Uh, Fred and Daphne decide to try and chase him down. The Phantom finds Shaggy and Scooby, who get cornered. Velma directs Fred and Daphne to a props room, but he's not in there. Velma also notices that Wayne and the security guy, which is different from the one at the door, I should clarify, and this is the one I'm calling Cam, whose real name is KT. <laughs> um, are really, they're just like really into this getting this footage. They're like, oh, this is great footage. This will get people to pay attention at all. Yeah. It's very... um. Like, red flag, oh, are they behind it kind of situation going on. Mm-hmm. Or at least that's going to be the perspective that Velma 
is thinking from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Shaggy and Scooby run into a dark costume room, and the Phantom is also in there and chases them around. Velma just... directs Fred and Daphne towards him, but then he literally just dissipates. Yeah. I don't understand why the Phantom constantly is chasing Shaggy and Scooby. They're very chaseable. Yeah, I guess so. It happens again later, and I was so confused. It's like, why? Why do you care about them? They're not in the show. uh, If it's time for me to make another comparison to another thing, I'd also bring up Power Rangers again. Uh Uh-huh. Um... There's this uh, episode of Power Rangers Dino Thunder where someone gets cursed with bad luck um, and the big bad just like sees them on a camera and like turns to their generals like, let's just send some low level goons to mess with them. <laughs> and the general's like, but don't we normally need a reason for that, sir? And like, yeah, strange, isn't it? <laughs> and I feel like that's what happens with these monsters every time. I feel like. Oh, hey, so Shaggy and Scooby, time. let's chase them. Uh, Don't we need a reason? No. Not this time. No, oh my god, that's amazing. Uh, anyways. Um, the gang regroups after the ghost phantom dissipates. And uh, Shaggy and Scooby tell the gang that they think the ghost smells like lemons. Mm-hmm. Dewey comes in, yells about dog. And then the gang leave as Dewey yells about cleaning. Shaggy and Scooby are sent to the library for research, while Fred and Daphne <laughs> investigate the building. Uh, Daphne has it really bad in this one, is another note that I make. I guess it comes up again. Yeah. They run into a security guard, I think? No, they run into the owner of the building. Yeah, that will um, happen in a bit. We got, like, some other yeah. scenes to go through first. Like, a lot of other scenes to go through first. Oh, yeah, we do. Jeez. Uh, because Velma tells... <laughs> everybody decides where they're going except for Velma, because Velma's going to the hotel. The Hotel Canard, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she tries to do something at the reception counter, but then immediately gets interrupted by Chrissy's adults. Uh, Velma talks to Chrissy, and apparently that wasn't a scared scream, but a happy scream, because the Phantom told her that she was going to win the competition, even if he has to obliterate all of the other contestants. Uh, So Chrissy and her entourage leave, and then Velma is accosted by a magician, who's also a contestant, I guess. Seems mostly unimportant. Yeah, Uh, and and then she meets... A ventriloquist who, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, he sits on his dummy's lap um, and he leaves. Well, he doesn't leave, but he's he's no longer really important in the scene uh, because there's also an all-girl punk group. Well, there's supposed to be a metal group called Girlosaurus Rex <laughs> who all think that Waldo is kind of hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leader, Kathy, is kind of bubbly, and apparently they were a country group like three weeks ago. <laughs> Anyways, that's like all of the introductions that we get one right after the other, and all of these characters are basically unimportant. Yeah. they have. You'll a- hear us mention them one more time each. Yeah, they have one more scene, maybe two, depending, and that's it. That's all. Um, there was something I wanted to point out with Velma trying to check into the hotel. Um, she talks to the receptionist and then gets interrupted. Um, and 
This poor receptionist, he tries to say, um, excuse me, this lady was in front of you, and these adults are, you know, you know. Very, you very know. rude. Um, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. And Velma's just like, it's fine, don't worry about it. And just lets them cut in front of her. And it's like, oh my god, Velma. It made me feel like Velma knows as well. <laughs> You know, just that well, kind of thing. Knows. Oh yeah, um, but yes, uh, I believe after this point we go to Daphne and Fred. Yes, now we go to Daphne and Fred. Uh, yes, who Daphne asks Fred why monsters and ghosts show wherever they go. Is it something about us? Oh no, this happens to everyone. It would be too much of a coincidence <laughs> if it only happened to us. It's simple math. They must be everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I love that so much. Because it's very good. Do, do can we tell? Do we know? Maybe it does. Who knows? Yeah, it's a weird mystery. Yeah. Um. So they open the door in the spooky basement room that they're in, and a man is in there, and they all both sort of jump, and it's Mel Richmond, owner of the building. He calls them a cute couple. Daphne gets awkward again. And apparently the Phantom was before his time. He inherited this place a few years back when his father passed away, and it's costing him all sorts of money. Apparently 35 years ago, his father turned it into a disco, and the Phantom started causing havoc. But the people loved it, and no one was hurt. And then he dropped the chandelier, I mean disco ball, and the place was closed. <laughs> There's another reference. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, no one returned, and it's been closed ever since, until the talent show came. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll get lucky and the Phantom will burn the place down. Or maybe I should put on a cape and mask and do it myself. Slash jokes. Yeah. It's it's just jokes. There are a lot of... Now, normally I would say red herrings. But there's a reason yeah, why I hesitate would say that. to say red herrings in this situation, which we'll get into. Uh-huh. Uh, so Shaggy and Scooby are walking down the street to get to the library, but then they smell pizza, and then they stray from their destination to go get pizza. They order a pizza so large that it's not on the menu, and they have to sign a release saying the place isn't liable for their deaths. Um, and it is like a big pizza. It's like a long table square pizza. Mm-hmm. But it also, uh -huh. like, it doesn't seem to be a Chicago-style pizza. It's not a deep dish right it's just like um, a regular pizza they they are offered um i don't remember what they're offered to deal with the leftovers but then but they, but they like, laugh get at some it. boxes to deal with the leftovers and then they just yes. start laughing about it yeah yeah and then, and they, then they eat the pizza so hard it ruins the whole in restaurant seconds they do it in seconds and there's just like a lot of splatter uh, yeah. And the everybody in the restaurant like gets covered and they like stare at them and then they're like, "Yeah, woo, that ruled." Yeah. Uh, and then a crowd of bodyguards walk in, surrounding a character known as Lotta, who is also a talent star, and has won a bunch of other contests. Um, she's a jerk. She's, her her thing is that she's kind of hot and has super sharp long claw nails, and that she sings good. Um, mm -hmm. She refuses to sign a kid 
she refuses to give a kid an autograph because the kid is wearing tights and shorts. What she says is wrong, but I'm here to tell you it's not. Yeah, it's fine. Just sign the autograph, you jerk. You mm-hmm. made this kid cry. Why? Anyway. Uh, and then she gives she, Shaggy uh... and Scooby a message for Fred and Daphne. That they don't yeah. stand a chance. I will crush all that oppose me and feast upon their blood and sup upon their bones. Their families will <laughs> weep over their smoldering corpses. I will leave nothing but their scarves. So swears Lada. And then she cuts her name into their shirt and fur with her claws. Yeah. A little bit extra. Very uh, theatrical. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Shaggy and Scooby run all the way back to the hotel where Fred, Velma, and Daphne are doing computer research. Yes. Velma is figuring out that the Phantom Today, of which there is a photograph from the internet, that... Yeah, it's all over the net because they're using it for publicity. Yes. And it's a very nice photograph. Like, very clean. Um, It's actually different from the one from the 70s. The outfit is different. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, uh, notable stuff is that like uh, the one in the 70s isn't wearing like a coat jacket. It's just a vest because the arms are also white, mm-hmm. like the undershirt. Mm-hmm. But the one in modern day is like wearing a coat. So the, the sleeves are like the dark gray black color. Yeah. Um, That's like the big difference. Yeah. Um... But yeah, uh, so it's probably just someone taking advantage of that old story to get whatever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, the, and the disappearance probably could have been fake since it was just on the monitor. Exactly. Uh, then they start listing suspects such as Chrissy's parents, Wayne Brady, maybe Mel, and Dewey, who doesn't have a motive but is creepy, and also Lotta, who isn't doesn't really have motive necessarily, but is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone listed here, except for Mel and Lotta, were seen at the same time as the Phantom. And instead of trying to think about what that might mean, Fred says it's sleep time. <laughs> um, Shaggy and Scooby go to leave the room, but Lotta is outside, so they slam the door <laughs> in her face. And luckily, the rooms are adjoining, so they can just sneak across that way. Yeah, it's like, why is she there? What? How did she to know? Because her room's right across the way, as we'll find out later. Yeah. So there's this next scene uh, where in the middle of the night, that Ulma wakes up and notices that Daphne's not in bed uh, Mm -hmm. because she's out on the the, uh, balcony and having it real bad and just like, yeah, I love Fred. Just like straight up, I'm going to say that, those words out loud. And I even wrote a song to go with that tune that Fred was playing at the beginning of the movie. But I can't even think about singing it without wanting to throw up and or pass out. Uh, And she comes to the conclusion that if she wins, then maybe she'll have the confidence to say something. Uh, Elsewhere, the Phantom sneaks into Lotta's room and swaps a spray bottle that she has on her bedside with a different spray bottle that looks exactly the same. Yep, another reference. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Shaggy and Scooby can't sleep. And you learn that Scooby is taking the bed and Shaggy is sleeping on the floor. Yeah. Um, but that's not why he can't sleep. He can't sleep because it's been two hours since they ate the pizza, so Shaggy is starving. 
And so they're like, alright, well, we're gonna go see if there's a vending machine and raid it. And as soon as they get outside, they sort of bump backwards into the phantom who's coming out of Lada's room across the hall. <laughs> and we get another chase sequence. And this mm-hmm. is the this chase one. sequence where I was thinking, oh, hey, they're gonna do a distraction routine thing. But they never do. Mm-hmm. Because they run into multiple different, like, laundry basket things and coat rack things of different outfits mm-hmm. so um, and it also, never happened this one this one has music to it and it's like the instrumental of the theme song from the top of the show yes um and like this so this is also the same uh chase scene that i was thinking it would be in because the music cuts out halfway through oh yeah i never noticed that weird um, Dewey's also in the hall and freaks out because Scooby touches him and he's covered in dog germs now. Uh, the Phantom chases them into a dining hall and then this is what, when they get into the dining hall is when the music stops. Ah. Um, uh, and then the Phantom just takes a cleaver and starts trying to just chop them with it. Yeah. And chases them around some more. And then Shaggy and Scooby end up outside on a balcony and then Fred drops a net on the Falcon Phantom. I almost called him the Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> but the Phantom disappears from inside the net. Yes, with laughter and smoke bomb. Mm-hmm. And we realize we learned that the net has been cut. Yes. Which is not a surprise considering he was holding a cleaver. Mm-hmm. Um Shaggy and Scooby remark upon him not smelling like lemons. And Dewey starts scrubbing the blast spot from the smoke bomb, and Velma thinks that smoke bombs sounds an awful light, like magicians. Yep. But don't worry about that, we're still not going to see the magician for a while. Um, and then also apparently Fred <laughs> sleeps with a net. I mean, I'm not surprised. It could be useful yeah. at any given point. Um, okay, so the next day, everybody heads into the theater. Shaggy gets Scooby in this time by putting him in a baby garage. Uh, it's time for dress rehearsal, starting with Chrissy, who is arguing with her people. And she sings, I wrote a love song, but it's not necessarily a love song. It's 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 a song a involving love. Song. Um, it's Stay away from my strange. man, homewrecker. Uh, it's generic yeah. and like pop adjacent. She punches a lot of cameras, and the gang remarks like, oh, "Isn't that song a little inappropriate for her age?" Yeah. Um. Uh, I I made Emma's a note time. of this. I made a note What's of up? this. Is Chrissy is has very Darla Dimple energy in this song specifically. Um. I don't know <laughs> if you ever saw that movie, Cats Don't Dance, but my gosh. It's very Darla Dimple. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Um, um, but yes, Emma Gale is up next, and she shreds on her violin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma's parents are also there, and we learn that if Emma doesn't get the prize money, the family's five-generation farm will be taken. And that makes Fred and Daphne uncomfortable about trying to win a competition. Yeah. 
so it's Lotta's turn. She sprays her throat with the throat spray, and it makes her voice all bad, like in Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. You know, when it makes her voice do a frog croak. Um, she's very angry about it. Uh, she's mm-hmm. going to sue everyone in the room. Everyone. Yeah. Uh, we um, learned that it was just a chemical irritant that's not going to do anything permanent, but she won't be able to sing for at least a week. Yeah. Uh, so it's Fred and Daphne's turn, while Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma keep an eye out for the Phantom. And it's sort of like a very... It's a very Taylor Swifty song, is how I would describe it. I I wanted to say it was almost 70s-ish? It, like, starts that way, but then when it gets to the chorus, it's like, that's the chorus of a Taylor Swift song. Yeah. I think what it is, is um the visuals... Of it? Oh, for sure, yeah. It's a lot of, like, gradients of rainbows and, like, flower petals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Shaggy and Scooby chase someone who they think looks like the Phantom wearing a cloak, but instead it's just Brick with his jacket. Uh, Brick, if you don't remember, is Wayne Brady. At this point in my notes, I start calling him Brick again. Yeah. Um, and they accidentally crash into him, and they apologize and say, oh, sorry, we thought you were the Phantom. What? Why would you think that? That's crazy. (laughs) He's very suspiciously, like, uh, denying it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, "Mm." Um. Uh, so it's Paul Dini's turn, and he disappears himself, and then there's no Phantom. And then it's Waldo's turn, and then his dummy catches fire. And the organ music strikes, and the phantom says, Christine must win! Um, and then Waldo quits. Yeah, he immediately quits. He's like, he's mm-hmm. not risking his life for this. So it's time for Girlosaurus. But then all of their instruments break instantly, and mm-hmm. so they quit too. Um, and this time, the phantom's face shows up on all of the stage monitors, and he repeats what he said before and laughs. Uh, Cam is trying to track where he is, but all he, he all in the monitors, he just keeps r- jumping around and he's everywhere. And the guards split up and find the Phantom, and given that there's only uh, four, sorry, they the guards split up to find the Phantom, and given that there's only like four people left in the running, Fred tells Velma to ask Emma to get to somewhere safe while they set a trap with Fred and Daphne as the bait. Uh, so that night, it looked like it was night, but they say nap, so maybe it's not night. It's confusing. It yeah. it was dark, so I'm going to say maybe night. Maybe. Yeah. Wasn't there a clock at one point? There is a clock. I didn't pay attention to what the time was. And I it, think like, it was it like 1 a.m. or 1 o'clock at one point. So I assumed mm-hmm. 1 a.m., but maybe it's the afternoon. I don't know. Um... But yeah, so they they go out on stage and loudly announce, we'll be napping, unguarded, in our dressing room, unguarded, asleep. Unguarded. Mm -hmm. And then time passes in the, so like they're in the dressing room and Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma are in the closet of the dressing room ready to pounce if anything happens. And they're just sort of waiting for a while and nothing happens until the phantom appears in the closet. But then disappears as soon as they get out, because there's a hidden passage in the closet, and Which the gang gets down in there. 
Apparently it leads to sewers. Yeah, it's like it like leads to tunnels that lead to sewers underneath the opera house. Yeah. It makes as much sense as when it happened in Phantom of the Opera. That's a <laughs> That's a good point. If if this had been like a mirror, it would have been another reference. Yeah. But I think it's close enough to be a reference. Yeah. So they're searching through the sewers for a little while, and there's organ music. Mm-hmm. And they run towards it, and they run into some rats, and then the rats leave. And then there's a caved-in area full of bats, and then the bats scare them into a pipe slide. <laughs> and then they form a human chain to get out. And then the organ music starts again, and Scooby leads them to a hidden room that has the phantom playing music. <clears throat> I suppose it was only a matter of time until someone found me. Welcome to my home. I have lived here in the dank, reeking sewers all my life, forced to hide from society, to conceal the hideous, twisted mass of flesh that is my face. But now I can hide no longer. Behold, the Phantom of the Opera! And he removes his mask, and it's just a normal dude. He's just a normal balding guy. Uh, notably, he is wearing the outfit that the 70s Phantom wears with the white sleeves. Yes. And, um, so apparently, he he's, the reason why he thinks he's hideous is because he's been using a funhouse mirror his entire life to look at himself. Yeah, it's just the funhouse mirror, and when uh, Daphne shows him his reflection in her compact, uh, he's like, oh, wow, okay, I'm just like a regular dude. Yeah. I really wish I had that last 40 years of my life back. (laughs) Yeah. Anyways, hi, I'm Steve Trilby. Yeah. (laughs) It's so funny. It's so funny. Like, oh, no, I'm not. Oh. Well, that's awkward. It's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, But they go on to ask him why he's been doing the things he's been doing. And he's very confused. Because he hasn't been bothering anyone for the last, like, 35 years. Yeah, he hasn't left except for to get food. Which is why he was in that closet. Because it's the closest exit to the vending machines. Yeah. Um, you know, he likes those little burritos, the bean and cheese ones. <laughs> uh, and apparently he adapt- attacked the disco stuff because the music reverberates down here from above. Uh, there's a scream that they all hear, so they run up, and the assistant, whose name I still don't know, uh, is screaming and pointing to a hanging body. Uh, but it's just Paldini. He's stuck in a harness. That he was I working have, on. I have my suspicions that his act during rehearsals actually got sabotaged. And that's what happened to him. Like, th- I don't think we are ever given an explanation of what exactly happened to him. But that was my well, thought process. He said that he was working on the harness and then got pushed off the catwalk when the phantom <sighs> came by. Okay, I wasn't. I apparently did not pay attention enough. Um, but it's it's understandable that you didn't notice it because immediately after that, the phantom is still up there, uh, and just setting fire to a curtain. Yeah. 
Um, so Fred chases after him while Shaggy and Scooby put out the fire. Fred almost falls and then uses his ascot to trip the phantom and then almost gets his face burned off. But then Steve swings in and attacks the, the, the new phantom, breaking a catwalk and causing them both to tumble to the stage. And Velma just walks up and pulls the mask off. Um, it's uh, revealing Mel, Mel Richmond, Richmond, who is the owner of the building. Mm-hmm. He decided to go through with his joke after all. Yep. Uh, Steve thinks he's covered in blood, but it's just because the mirror is covered in paint. He's never. And, he doesn't know how mirrors worked. He spent his he entire does. life in the sewer. Yeah, poor guy. Uh, Mill wanted to burn the place down for insurance money, and he gets arrested, but this guard is distracted by Scooby being there, and then real cops show up to take him away. Um, but this doesn't make any sense, say Velma and Daphne. If he just wanted the money, why do the other stuff? And he's like, well, I didn't do the other stuff, but whoever did is what gave me the idea. Yeah, we have like 20 minutes left in the movie, so... Mm-hmm. He wasn't... <laughs> so at this point, in the span of, what was it, five minutes... We have been revealed two phantoms. Yes. One original of which wasn't 70s. even a phantom we should have been worried about. Yeah, one of them from the 70s, who was the original, who's just been chilling his entire life. But it's a good thing he was found, because now he knows how mirrors work. Um, yes. And then this guy, the owner of the building, mm -hmm. who is a copycat of the copycat. Mm -hmm. And then the lights go out, and the phantom again says, Christine must win. Otherwise, I will bring death and destruction upon this place. So swears the phantom. Um, and then after the... There's a... There's, well, a light is dropped. That's what happens. One of the lights from above the top just sort of falls onto the stage and smashes the ground. And the cops agree to Dewey's demand of having more cops show up to do security for the show. Uh, Shaggy and Scooby continue to be chased by the guard. And by hiding from the ceiling, or hiding by hanging from the ceiling, the guard leaves without seeing them. And they see Brick leaving the sound room, being nervous. And having done, quote, something, but it was nothing, end quote. <laughs> Uh, and they try to get him to do another, like, oh, we got another routine for you. Let's do some dog-based jokes. <laughs> What's the one bone a dog would never eat? A trombone. What do you get when you cross a dog with a rose? I skipped it, because I was embarrassed. That's oh, a cauliflower. Okay. That one's kind of funny. There's, uh, like, another one. I don't remember what it was. It's because, like, Daphne and Fred do this later, and yeah. they just add another joke to it, and I don't remember what the other joke was. I skipped both sections because I was embarrassed by it. Oh, here's what the other joke was. What did the dog say to the tree? Bark? Bark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, um... And then he calls security, so they take off. But then Fred, Velma, and Daphne show up afterwards, and it's like, hey, Brick, Paul Dini just quit. And then Velma sees that Brick subtly tries to close the sound room. So she stays behind while the others leave. 
and inside she sees a mic that's still on and camera showing the entire stage. Knowing that this would connect directly to the speakers that are in that area, Velma starts to put things together. So she goes to talk to Cam about going through all the footage which is stored on the server and gets the go-ahead, but there's like 2,000 hours of footage, so she's definitely not going to be able to go to the museum. That night, the show is starting and there's a red carpet and the crowd is talking and looking forward to seeing the Phantom commit a murder <laughs> um, live in front of them. Uh, and Shaggy and Scooby planned their greatest disguise yet, and Scoob is dressed like an old man. And Shaggy's like, alright, here's some old man things to say. Like, excuse me, Sonny, does this computer have an internet on it? <laughs> um, and the show starts up, and Brick talks about the Phantom. Winner gets the money, Runner get up, gets a lifetime supply of Fudgeroni. The great taste of Fudge with the convenience of Roni. <laughs> oh, God. I really wish that this was a joke that came up at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Uh, because it would have been a very fun recurring joke. Yeah. Uh, there's a live scoreboard tracking the audience votes. Chrissy performs. Emma's in the dressing room and the Phantom reaches for her violin. But then Fred and Daphne grab him and say that Emma was right that she made better bait than they did. Yeah. Uh, the Phantom breaks free and runs. There's a small chase, but he immediately runs into Shaggy and Scooby and ends up on the ground. So Fred can put him in a master lock, a.k.a. a full Nelson. And they unmask him, revealing... Lance, Lance Damon. Damon! Which, for the folks at home, because we haven't heard or said most of the names in this movie at this point, is we Christy's didn't... dad. Yeah, I don't think we ever found out Christy's last name anyway. She just been. I think Chrissy. I think they introduce her as uh, Chrissy Damon or something. Gotcha. As part of like the intro to the show. Right. Um. But yeah, but yeah he so gets arrested. Here's our third phantom. Mm -hmm. He gets arrested, and then it's Fred and Daphne's turn to turn to perform. And Dewey gives Brick the head heads up. They're going on, and Shaggy and Scooby learned that Dewey's hand sanitizer smells like lemons. So they chase after where he went. Um, it's the song that they performed before, but again, and no one knows where Dewey is. Brick says that he still has his earpiece on and is muttering something about soap. Which is normal, because this is what he does all the time. He just likes to talk about soap. Uh, so Shaggy and Scooby take the earpiece so they can listen in and run to find Dewey's office, where they find a brochure for the Soap Diamond, which is something Velma mentioned at the very beginning of the movie, and like also a little bit ago when she said she wasn't going to get to go to the museum. But like the fact that like oh I thought it was just like, oh this is like one off joke about like the Hope Diamond or whatever, but calling it the Soap Diamond. All right, it's a it's like a little bit that they're going to do because they do bits. But no, it was an that's a joke thing. that is plot relevant, and it made me mad, not because it's bad, but because it's, like, almost clever. <laughs> it's, like, an almost clever clue. Yeah. I mean, I would say if she hadn't mentioned it again, did she, does she name it when she's talking about going yeah, to the yeah. museum? When, okay. When she's in, uh, when she's in doing the, going over the footage, she's like, oh, I'll never get to see the soap diamond now. Yes. And that was like, maybe five say, minutes ago in the show. Yeah. It, the pacing is awkward. 
But I will say at least they tried to introduce it again. Because if they hadn't, I, I would say it's worse. I would have liked it more if the brochure was seen before. Or if there were like posters up in some of the background shots. It's just like, oh, Soap Diamond being shown yeah. at this times. Yeah. I think they could have added like one more scene of Velma wanting to go to the Soap Diamond at any point. Yeah. In the 30 like maybe or 40 when she's minutes. In reception. Yeah. Like getting accosted by like magicians and ventriloquists. Like, um, depending on like when the whole, oh, we're going to nap thing happened, maybe then. Yeah. Like, talking about instead of doing this, they could have been going to see the soap diamond. I don't know. It, it's. Yeah, because they, they spend a long time in the closet. Maybe you could have had Velma bring it up again there. Yeah. So the pacing is awkward, but I will say it was really funny um, when you were talking about how it was brought up, actually, 70 minutes later, and I was like, oh, what was it? Huh? And I finally got to that point in the movie where I was like, Soap Diamond! It was really funny. Uh-huh. It's real. I wasn't expecting It's a real that. thing. That's important. Yeah, neither was I. That's what. That's why it came out of nowhere and like made me mad, but in a fun yeah. way. It's really funny. Um, but like, oh yeah, so it's right around the corner. Um, so they run over to Velma, who has footage to show, but there's no time. And they meet up with Fred and Daphne, who have just finished performing, and explain that Dewey is also the Phantom, and made sure that the cops would assign a bunch of people here so that the coast would be clear to steal the diamond. And they get outside just in time to see him running away on the roof. Uh, <laughs> they call out to him, and to his credit, he does try to recover, saying, I don't know who Dewey is. I'm the Phantom. Um, uh, but Shaggy's like, dude, you're headset. still wearing the headset. <laughs> and yeah. also, he's not wearing the mask. He's not. He's just a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he tries to run away by running down the fire escape, but then the cape wraps around him and he falls all the whole way down and Ouch. drops the diamond, but Scooby grabs it. Uh, but then <laughs> Dewey jumps in a Cruella DeVille car and yes! starts chasing them around, yes! trying to run them over. I'm so glad you noticed it, too, because that was like, I was like, whoa, this is such a Cruella DeVille look. The car and... Uh, I only brought it up that because uh, that's how they describe it in one of the sections of the <laughs> Scooby-Doo wiki. Oh my god. That's hilarious. Um, another thing about it, though, is that there's a moment where he's driving the car and he's got this manic grin on his face and it makes me think of the um, the Disney movie of the the animated movie, not the a live action Not movie. the live action ones. Yeah. Where she's driving and her eyes are like bugged out and grimacing and, and all that. It made me think of that. Mm -hmm. It's like, what a weird design choice. Why did he get this Cruella de Vil car? It's a good question. Um, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, Scooby gets caught on the hood and drops the diamond bag it's such a way that uh, Dewey grabs it, but then the gang comes back around with a mystery machine. So Scooby jumps across the car, grabs the bag, and then jumps into the mystery machine. 
and Dewey looks back in a fury and doesn't see that he's about to do the Back to the Future maneuver scene, but with a truck full of pink slime. Well, I say pink slime because it's literally the the barrels are labeled pink slime. You still sorry, uh, I just got distracted because I started to look up the Cruella Deville car. Um, uh-huh. And there's a reason why, because I thought to myself, oh my god, please don't tell me it has a cleaning supply name. Because that would be hilarious of why. That would be funny. Uh, it does not, as far as I can tell. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, so he does the Back to the Future maneuver scene. Um, but then he pulls back around to chase them again. And then they car joust at some point, and the chase just keeps going. It's a little long. They both hit other cars, and the gang starts driving up an opening drawbridge, but then Dewey rams them into the side and climbs onto the mystery machine, like, and opens up the back, and he draws his duster, which then has a sword blade come out of it, <laughs> which is, like, the most buckwild thing that's happened in this movie. I know we've talked about a lot of stuff that's happened in this movie, so just wild. a sword blade coming out of a feather duster. It's so funny. I was delighted when that happened. I was like... I was just... What? Huh? Why? Why not? I guess. Yeah, it's like... If it was just like a dagger blade that like he presses a button and it flips out or something, that nope. would be one thing. Nope, it's but a sword. It's just a full-on like, long sword. Yeah. Uh, and Daphne's like, oh wow, that's the cleanest looking sword I've ever seen. And he looks away uh, for a moment while thanking her for the compliment. And when... He looks back. The gang has disappeared. Yeah, they left outside uh, the driver's door. Mm-hmm. And they are walking to the top of the bridge um, that is still open. And asks, why do you even need this diamond? <laughs> and apparently he has a collection of cleanliness-themed treasures, including the Ammonia Lisa and the Sponge of Turin. But you need three things for a collection. Two is just bookends. <laughs> That's a fun, uh, that's a fun reason. Two, yeah. two is just bookends. Yeah. Um, Fred it's then so just funny. throws the bag into off the bridge and onto a passing garbage barge below. But Dewey doesn't notice that and immediately leaps after it uh, and lands in the barge. And after landing, he looks in the bag and instead of the diamond, it's just a wet dog bone. <laughs> And the gang still have the diamond as the cops surround the barge. Back at the show, Emma kicks- It was this awful creature made of thousands and thousands of cicada bugs that got in his hair and his nose and all over him and gross. Oh, ick. With her performance. Um, votes close. Emma ties with Fred and Daphne. Upon learning that Dewey was also a phantom- Brick makes the assistant the new assistant director, and the tiebreaker will be starting soon. Emma will go first, and they'll just have to hope that Fred and Daphne make it back in time. Uh, the cops give the gang a ride back. Velma explains how the Phantom disappeared, because he just spliced some separate footage into the security system and remotely triggered it. Uh, Velma also found some really interesting footage other than that, and we don't see what it is just yet. Uh, Emma finishes and the gang make it just in time after the cop that got them there flashes a badge at the guard trying to stop them from bringing in Scooby. Uh, Fred and Daphne are worried for a second because they didn't prep a second song, but then Daphne tells Fred to play the song he wrote and she'll sing her lyrics. It's a very cute song. 
It's like, I wish it was longer, actually. Yeah, it's very short. Uh huh. And like half of the lyrics are just, I love you. Yeah. Um, Shaggy, Scooby, and Velma get into the camera room and get Cam to help them rig up a surprise. Daphne sings the love song at Fred and then they smoosh on stage. Uh, and they just barely get more votes than Emma, who they see offstage being sadly happy for them. And then they start telling dog jokes so that they'll lose votes and Emma can win. And then Emma wins. Brick congratulates Fred and Daphne on at least catching all of the phantoms. But, according to them, they didn't catch all of them. And they tell Velma to roll the footage. <laughs> and there, on the stage monitors, we see Brick getting into the phantom costume. Yep. And he says, I did it for the publicity. I keep wanting to say the word wrong. Yeah. Apparently, he did it to increase the ratings. Yes, because the show was fa failing. And on top of that, being surrounded by all of these people with talent makes him feel so untalented. Uh, so the cops take him away. I get. I don't... So what all are the ones that he did, and then why is the thing that he did illegal? I know. I don't think... Because I understand the ones that everybody else did being a problem. It's a lot of reckless endangerment and bad things. Yeah. Like... I guess... I guess if he's the one on the, uh, the intercom, maybe he's the one that sabotaged some of the acts, but also he was upset about that having happened. So I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It's very confusing. It might have just been a situation where, since everyone was doing bad things while dressed as the Phantom, they just arrested almost everyone. Except for yeah, I can understand um, why he's no longer running the show, but I don't believe he should have been arrested. Yeah, it was. It's it's a weird situation because there were five phantoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Steve jumps on the stage and closes out the show. Scooby Dooby Doo, and we get credits. But the credits also just have a scene over them of the gang stopping at a gas station. And uh, we get like sort of like a where we are at with everybody important. Steve has taken over the show. Uh, and Fred and Daphne are both unsure where they're at with the other. And the gang just tells them to talk about it. And so Daphne's about to talk about it. But then Velma interrupts with news of a monster sighting at Goose Lake. Scooby Dooby Doo again. Yep. This was a really fun movie, I gotta say. I was expecting it to just be sort of like, uh, oh, it's like a, it's like the thing. It's like the Phantom of the Opera thing. It's like going to be just sort of whatever. And now I'm going to be like, hey, it was a mediocre movie in the end. That's where I thought we were going to be at. Mm -hmm. But it, overall, it was actually a pretty decently solid movie. Yeah. It's like, it could have been... <laughs> A lot worse, basically. My question is, how much of us saying that it was a solid movie is because we like when the movies get absurd? Uh, probably, you know, probably a lot. <laughs> but, like, also, we're the ones right Yeah, exactly. It, so it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I see you've already done me the favor of uh, finding where the middle ground yep, is. Yep, I did. Uh, okay, would you think this movie would have been better or worse if it was just Phantom of the Opera but Scooby-Doo? I there? think it would have been worse. I think the fact that it was absurd that there were five phantoms. Like, that's absurd. 
mm-hmm. would not have happened if it had just been a straight up like tell- retelling of Phantom of the Opera. I feel like. Yeah. Um. So that was a nice twist on it, I guess. Yeah, I think this is definitely like a better and more interesting take. I do think it would have just been funny though if it was just regular Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. But Scooby Doo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would have been really and funny. condensed down to like seventy-five minutes. Yeah, I feel like it would have been really funny, but would they have written it well enough for it to be a decent movie? You know? Yeah, they could have gotten there. Uh, maybe. I, I, after some of these things, like some of them are amazing, like movies, but some of them are kind of like mm, not quite. They kind of bit off more yeah. than they could chew. So I feel like they struck a nice balance with this one. Mm-hmm. Where <laughs> have we ever had a situation where we had four actual people who weren't red herrings? Um, does Pirates Ahoy count? I don't... Pirates Ahoy is the one where they were on a cruise ship for solving mysteries. Oh, yeah! So two people there. Okay, that's right. <laughs> and then I think at least one more, maybe two more on the pirate part. Yeah. I don't know, maybe? Kind of? It's hard to say. It is hard to say. I mean, I that's know. a fun solution to people being there when the Phantom shows up. Yeah. Yeah. There just be there's just many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So let's let's start ranking this. We'll start with what you've already found to be the middle for me. Thank yeah. you. Uh Big Top Scooby Doo. How does this compare? Hmm. I like it more. I could go either way. I think they're pretty similar to me. Yeah, that's it's really hard. Um, I'm trying to think of like how was the mystery in each of them? Mhm. I think the mystery was fine in both of them. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this one is a lot more absurd. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, it it took the first half of the movie to get there, though, is the thing. Like, the first yeah. half of the movie just had me feeling, oh, is it going to be, like, a mediocre middling one? That's true. Whereas Big Top was sort of, like, the same throughout. It had, like, the right energy throughout and stayed consistent without being, like, absurd, I guess. Right. That's very true. Um, But I'll, literally, I could go either way. I will say... I'm trying to think of it in a different way now. Is Does this des- movie deserve to be on the top half or the bottom half of our list? That's a good question. Because looking at the bottom half, there are still some decent movies in there. Yeah. I would say that this is probably better than the ones on the bottom half, though. Because like, okay. even Pirates Ahoy, I think this is probably better than. Okay. Um, so I can say above. I'll, I will. Okay. I will say above. Um, how does it compare to Daphne and Velma? I like Daphne and Velma better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will I mean, say I, I like much... the I like the characterization 
in Daphne and Velma more than I like the characterization in this movie. Mm, that's understandable, given what I know about you. <laughs> All right. Uh, how does this compare to Scooby Doo: The Mystery Begins? This is mm. the one that has chicken cordon boo in it. <laughs> I don't know. I would say it's worse. Okay. I think Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins had a lot of the live-action Scooby-Doo energy that we liked. Yeah. I agree. Um, how does it compare to Ghoul School? I mean, I like Ghoul School more. Mm-hmm. How does it compare to Scooby-Doo Moon Monster Madness? If we want to talk about absurdity. I think uh, Moon Monster no. Madness does the absurdity better. I think it does it so much better. <laughs> Because, like, it's that thing that I was saying, like, in, um, in this movie, it's, like, uh, the absurdity comes at the end. Yeah. Like, in the back half. Whereas in Moon Monster Madness, that's what a Scooby-Doo movie is like if it's just, uh, wild the whole time. Yeah. Like, it literally starts with Fred doing, like, a five-minute-long water, slow-motion water pour on his face. Yeah. Yep, Indeed. That's so funny. It feels like this is the second time we've ended up right in the middle. Like, because that happened well, with Big is. Top. It's literally yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. Where we tried to figure it out and then just ended up in the middle again. Uh, Well, we're not going to end up in the middle next time because it's a movie that we've seen before. Um, But we'll get there in a second because I got to read the list first. All right. Monster of Mexico, Scooby-Doo and the Reluctant Werewolf, Scooby-Doo meets the Boo Brothers, Return to Zombie Island, Scooby Goes Hollywood, Scooby-Doo and Arabian Nights, Samurai Sword, Alien Invaders, Loch Ness Monster, Legend of the Vampire, Aloha Scooby-Doo, WrestleMania Mystery, Zombie Island, Music of the Vampire, Scooby-Doo 2002, Mask of the Blue Falcon, Pirates Ahoy, Big Top, Stage Fright, Moon Monster Madness, School School, Sonic the Hedgehog 2020, Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, Pokemon Detective Pikachu, Cyber Chase, Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, Legend of the Phantasaur, Daphne and Velma, Rock and Roll Mystery, Where's My Mummy, Chill Out Scooby-Doo, Scoob, Goblin King, Witch's Ghost, and Camp Scare. Ooh. And that's your list of Scooby-Doo movies from worst to best so far. Um, uh, You can find the show on Twitter at Kids and Their Dog. Um, and... We have a Patreon, but don't worry about it. Um, but we do have people we need to thank, so let me go to the list of patrons. And we've got to thank Charlie. Thank you, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. James. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Tess. Thank you, Tess. Thanks, Tess. And Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Thank you, Tanner. Um... And that's it for the show, Lava. Where, you, where can you be found? I can be found on Twitter at LavaBees, L-A-V-A-B-E-E-S. And you can find me on Twitter at MadLobotanist, that's M-A-D-L-O-B-O-T-A-N-I-S-T. And you can find all of the other stuff that I do over at MadLobotanist.NeoCities.org. Spelled the same as my Twitter handle, dot N-E-O, Cities.org. <laughs> I'm so glad that I have that because it's very easy to just plug it, and I've got yeah. I've gotten the I've gotten the cadence down. Um, so yeah, next next month 
you'll be watching Scooby-Doo Frank and Creepy. Um, but yeah, uh, so until then, uh, they could have, they would have gotten away with it too. If it weren't for us meddling kids. I'm the highway man. I make ends meet just like any man. I work with my hands. If you cross my path, I'll knock you out. Steal your shoes from off your feet. I'm a highwayman, and I'm making.